You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a fantastic Friday. I actually get to adjust my schedule a little bit and do a deep dive with Miss Kyra Gaines, who is here joining us. And I'm so excited that they are here to give us some real insight on the new uh, campaign from the Lavender Rights Project. Now, some of you may have seen this, and it is amazing. So I'll be diving into how they did uh, the directing on this phenomenal campaign, but also sharing more about their own history journey into this work and their advocacy. But of course, you know, it's the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream right here. Please tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in the day with Trey. I'm on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite. Now, uh, because I have Kyra here, I'm excited to just dive right in. And, you know, I want to really start with some real background. Welcome, Kyra. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for being here today. You know, uh, some folks may have seen the campaign and we'll talk about that after the break, but I really wanted to start with you personally. You know, when we think about our own personal journeys into advocacy, uh, understanding now some of your work through that campaign, tell us about some of those beginnings for you where it started to click, where this was a lane you really wanted to play in and bring your brilliance to. Absolutely. I think that's a really great question, Trey. And again, thank you for having me here today. I would say my advocacy started since I was a young kid in like the boondocks of East Coast, Florida. You know what I mean? And uh, I I think a lot of like black people have this experience where they're oftentimes like the only black kid in class and just surrounded by uh, primarily like white culture and not really seeing themselves reflected in their communities. Right. So I had to be the person myself that advocated for me in those classroom spaces, advocated for my education advocated for my identity and to be seen and to be visible, right? And so uh, once I moved back up here to Washington, I was able to uh, fortunately have access to higher education and go to college. And that's where I really started expanding my ideas around like racial theory and understanding society as it is and how, you know, we're set up um, as black individuals to not succeed in this in this society. And we have to work 10 times as harder to get to places, right? So um, I was really inspired through just seeing um, the work that my mentors did in college and inspired by my professors and inspired by my community and the absolute beauty and strength that we all have. And that's definitely interwoven into the work that I do today. Well, you know, that's really a solid foundation, honestly. I mean, part of this is understanding that we all have like something to really pour into this pot of collective understanding. And when we do that, we actually have a wider range because it's hitting more nuanced areas than if it was only by a certain few. And, you know, we talk about the black community not being a monolith and really being able to embrace all of the experiences therein. I think the collective, uh, you know, 
idea and understanding is those of us who are melanated, like we step outside, the first thing folks see is that we're black, right? And so there's always going to be that kind of collective bond of that. How has that really fueled um, some of the areas that you work in, in terms of advocacy and community organizing? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And I think in terms of my advocacy specifically, um, I work with Lavender Rights Project and um, I help manage their community engagement work through our gender-based violence prevention department. And I think that, I mean, we'll get into this later with the campaign and the PSA, but I think to give some glimpse into that, I think as Black, trans, and diverse people, um, we when we walk into spaces, we are seen through our Blackness first, right? And so there's this deep connection that we have uh, within Black community um, and being able to not only just fight for, um, you know, gender justice and gender liberation, but also fighting for Black liberation at that same time, too. And so it's really uh, a family connection. And we'll speak about that a little bit too more um, later, but um, it's it's really connected in those ways, too. Well, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, glad to hear you say that, too, because I, I think we've had to deal with the fact that there is a universal kind of identifier that we all inevitably are within when we're born, right? And then yeah. there's parts of that that then splinter off because no matter how you identify or what your gender is or uh, what your sexual orientation is, there's so much that we as Black people have to deal yeah. with all the time. And, you know, as we think about some of the, the ways of the world, I think um, all of our advocacy really has been uh, inspiring, to people globally, uh, particularly the Black experience in America. I just want to hear your thoughts on that because I I talk to people all over the world and it always amazes me how they're like, something is different about Black folks in America, right? Uh, that, that really like inspires yeah. and really allows them to start stepping up to the plate a little bit. I don't know if you've heard some of these stories yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, Blackness is just excellence, right? Like, Blackness is beautiful. And we've always been innovators in our community, whether it's through activism, whether it's through music or just popular culture. Like, everybody's always looking at us as the models for that. And we may oftentimes not get the credit that we deserve due to that. But um, I, I think even speaking from, like, a Black, um, you know, trans and diverse uh, experience, uh, we are always at the front lines when it comes to activism and protests and being on the streets and being committed defenders to our community. And so... I think it's just a like that bravery and also the, just that deep love that we have for who we are as people, for our skin and for what we uh, produce into the world, which is just beautiful and wonderful things always. Come on with it, Kyra. <laughs> <laughs> Come on with it. Well, I, I'll, I, you know, I'll add to that. I think that there's so much that we actually bring in from our own personalized lived experience. Yeah. And when you think about some of the ups and downs as you stepped into organizing and advocacy, what were some of those moments that really helped to shape, you know, what you uh, aspire to be and what you are now? Like, what are some of those big things? Because I know when I look back at some of mine, it may be a mentor, it may be an yeah. experience. There's a lot of different nuances that kind of come into that. But what were some of those things for you? Yeah, there's so many. Um, so I'll try to pick one. And I think one that always sits with me and always kind of influenced my work and how now that since I'm in a mentor position and I'm like helping advise youth in our communities, what I kind of draw back into is uh, when I was in college, you know, I was experiencing the 
different levels of homelessness and poverty um, and, and being black and then being gender diverse, you know, my interactions with police, you know, was a lot more heightened. And so I ended up, you know, um, getting a little bit of trouble and with the law. And um, thankfully, my uh, judge at the time, um, you know, saw that saw that crime that I had caught um, as something that was ridiculous. I had stolen a poetry book. <laughs> you know, I'm a poet at heart and I just didn't have money to buy it at the time. And so I had a deferred um, sentencing with that. And um, thankfully, I had, um, you know, um, just mentors and community members that like saw me and like saw the potential and the growth inside of me. And they were able to help me move through that. And they got me a volunteer position at our multicultural center on the college campus. And that ended up being like the pivotal moment for me and getting involved in advocacy work because through the, the volunteer hours, I built connections, I met people and it ended up um, becoming one of my, my part time jobs there. And, you know, from there that just that that led into what I'm doing today. Yeah, community connections are so key, right? I mean, I think about um, my beginnings and starting in the, the world of theater and being able to get connected to phenomenal uh, folks uh, here in the Pacific Northwest who are just trailblazers um, in terms of theater, but really understanding it from a young age as advocacy. And one of my major mentors, um, Justin Emeka, shout out to you, Justin. Uh, he uh, came into Garfield and created a program that I got to be a part of. I'm so grateful for it because we got to write our own pieces. And a part of that was really infusing the pieces with our own emotion and experience and then traveling to other schools to perform them. And I just remember that being such a major facet of me understanding that when we're utilizing some of these spaces, yeah. particularly for me at that time, it was really theater centric, right? Because it was like, you can use theater for anything. And, and and then it made me go back to some of those works that I had been a part of, some of these amazing theatrical performances and plays and musicals that I had been a part of. And I went, you know, there's something that was driving those stories at the time. And there's something that can continue to exemplify our lived experience in terms of Black folks through continued storytelling. Right. And so um, clearly you as a creative. Right. Yes. I mean, you understand this need for us to be wielding our narrative, sharing our stories for it to be coming from us, because there's no real way to replicate that authenticity of what we're going to bring when it comes to creative works. Tell us more about your beginnings in creative and how you actually blended that with your advocacy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm an artist at heart. I love art and I think art is just uh, an, an interwoven aspect to Black community in general, right? And storytelling is a part of that creative process, whether it's through poetry, literature, or different, or even like paintings, like silent stories that you have to interpret through a very creative method, right? Um, and so art always has a special place in my heart. And I think, um, you know, what I interweave into my work, Eleven the Rights Project, is this idea of cultural organizing and using our storytelling and uh, connecting that to political advocacy so that we are connecting back to our culture and connecting back to our authentic selves while still fighting for liberation, right? Um, and it's it's really powerful because um, then we get to, you know, empower folks to have these opportunities to share their stories um, and not in a way that like fetishizes their trauma or uses that as a way to um, advantage power, but as a way to reclaim power and reclaim our stories. Because, um, you know, I'm sure this is the experience for a lot of people where you're in, um, you know, classes and you're reading history about, you know, Black history and it always
always starts with slavery, right? And that's not the beginning of our stories, right? And so um, when we think about systems like white supremacy and how that has misconstrued who Black people are, and we also think about, you know, transphobia and homophobia and how that's misconstrued who Black, queer, and trans um, people are, we have to, you know, get into spaces where we are telling our own stories so no one else is telling it for us. Yeah, oh, I agree. I'm over here getting goosies, y'all. <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about the Lavender Rights Project and the work y'all do. And then, of course, this phenomenal campaign right after this short break, y'all. You do not want to miss this because Kyra's already on fire. Lighten it up in here in the Black Media Matter studios. <laughs> Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, I'm Vesa Gordon. You may have heard my voice on Hits 106.1 or seen me on Converge Media, but now I'm coming to TV. I'm hosting the newest show on Fox 13 called Back to Vesa. Check us out every weekend for the hottest topics, interviews, the latest trends, and uplifting stories. We're going to have so much fun, and teams, we got you too. Back to Vesa, Saturday nights, 10.30 on Fox 13, and Sundays at 10 a.m. on Fox 13 Plus. I learned about the ANU program through many different community organizations. The program, um, they're very good at making sure that you meet the right people. My favorite part would have to be the community building um, and also the volunteer opportunities as well. I've been working on my physical health a lot more. I've been intentional about that and they're very big on that. I'm still learning how transformational it is um, because there's just so much opportunity. It's a great program and they will support you. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Hades Town is the Tony and Grammy Award-winning Best Musical. It's an epic celebration of music, togetherness, and hope. A Broadway musical like no other. This is as good as it gets. Hades Town. Playing the Paramount Theater October 31st to November 5th. Tickets at sdgpresents.org. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out, down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. Welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey on this fantastic Friday as I'm having a great discussion with Kyra Gaines, who was here joining us from the Lavender Rides Project. Welcome back, Kyra. Hi, thank you. (laughs) Well, we had a really great discussion about your beginnings and some of those elements that really cemented you in this work. But uh, before we get into the PSA y'all are doing, tell us more about the Lavender Rights Project. Some folks out there may not know the organization and what y'all are out here doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Slavon Rights Project is an organization that works towards empowering um, Black, transgender, gender diverse, and intersex uh, communities through elevating the power autonomy um, through uh, legal and social services. So we have uh, three main departments, which is economic justice, uh, housing, and then gender-based violence prevention. And it's really, I'm really excited um, just about all the work that we've been doing. Our housing uh, department uh, has been working with the Health Through Housing uh, program and secured a, uh, an apartment complex with, I believe, around 35 units. I could be a little off with that number. Um, but it's just, it's it's a really empowering um, housing project because we work through like a very holistic aspect and like meeting all of the needs of, of the folks who stay there. And it's, it's per permanent supportive housing too, which I think is very revolutionary. Um, and then we have our legal services where we provide legal clinics and uh, helping with gender um, and name changes. And then we have, um, you know, gender-based violence prevention too. Uh, where we're engaging with folks, we're doing a little bit of that cultural organizing, like I was speaking to you before, doing political education, uh, and I have an advocacy team, and they're working on decriminalization of Black trans people in King County. So just doing a bunch of cool and amazing stuff here. Well, you know, this is uh, life's work. I mean, what y'all are doing, right? Uh, community organizing is such a foundation for how so many uh, folks in our communities actually find what they need. And I I am a community organizer at heart, right? And sometimes when you're young and you don't know that that's what you're doing, like you're speaking up about injustice that you see. You're one of those, I saw something, I'm gonna say something type of people. Like yeah. you ain't gonna just be letting that microaggression slide. Yeah. You know, and I realized when I was in corporate spaces, there was, uh, I always felt uncomfortable because I was like, oh, y'all don't want me to do this. Like y'all don't really want to change. You don't want me to be speaking out against what I'm witnessing and experiencing. Yeah. And community is just so embracing of that because you end up with a lot of folks who have liked mind who are saying, no, we, we're here with you. We understand it. Tell us about how, you know, Lavender Rice Project, you know, really brought you in in that same kind of familial sense, because I think that that's what a lot of community organizing is kind of foundationally based on. You get in something and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is my people. I feel like I'm home. This is my family. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, I mean, Love and Arise Project is a buy and for organization. And so we are blackity black, black, black <laughs> in the work that we do and and like how we move and how we engage with community. And, you know, they brought me in in that same sense. I was previously working for more of a white dominated nonprofit previously. And I connected with our executive director, Jalen, who was looking for somebody to, um, you know, be a part of our GBVP program. Um, and, you know, she saw me and she looked at me and she snatched me right up and said, you're working for me now um and you know ever since then it's just it's the culture that we have there is just something that's really beautiful and really unique um especially since you know we are one of the few organizations in washington that has a black trans woman as you know executive director so you know we take that really seriously and we understand that the work that we we do is interwoven with a lot of trauma and a lot of harm and so what we try to do is we try to you know come from this place of celebration and joy and just empowerment to each other and and we do that as staff members and we do that with community and um you know we just um we just try to keep each other safe and happy and healthy well really that's what this this whole campaign was about and it is very striking i want to hear a little bit about the beginnings of this campaign i mean it starts with those creative ideas yeah. getting them flowing and from one creative to another uh after seeing this campaign and in the title alone really struck me we are family comma two <laughs> 
can't forget that comma because I want to take a breath right there. Tell us about the title and the creation of it and then some of the real purpose behind this amazing campaign. Yeah, absolutely. So the title itself, We Are Family Too, is coming from this place of recognizing that, you know, Black trans issues are Black issues. We're, we're Black and um, our transness is not separate from that, but it is, it's a part of that and should be, you know, recognized and accepted. And it comes from this, this acknowledgement that Black communities and trans and diverse communities, you know, have always built out uh, family dynamics and um, familial practices that um, are not strict to blood or biological ties, right? And I think that's super powerful because what it allows us to do as a strategy is uh, step away from the sphere of isolation and separation and instead step into this idea of togetherness. And so what Love and the Rights Project is doing here is saying that, you know, Black trans community has all of Black communities back, right? Because we recognize ourselves as being a part of that family. We show up, um, you know, in, in places where we're your aunties, we're your cousins, we're your siblings, we're your uncles, we're, we're your extended family members. And so uh, we, we see that we are your family and you are our family too. And so, you know, when we're building towards these methods of liberation, um, you know, we should keep that in mind as we're doing that and, and, and shower each other with love with that in mind. Goodness, Kyra, yeah. all day today. Just, <laughs> I mean, the, these are real true gems because you are 100% correct. I mean, I cannot count the number of cousins and aunties and uncles mm-hmm. I grew up with that were not connected to me by blood. But there was this element of us being in community together. And that essentially was everything, right? There was plenty of folks that could have definitely told me I ain't doing something right if they saw me out in the streets. Same with my siblings. Uh, This was something we grew up with, right? And we grew up with this understanding because it was easier then, right? We were in closer proximity to one another. But the ideas and the spirit of that same uh, form of being in community together and being connected does not change, although we may be now gentrified and live in all these Mm -hmm. other areas. I think sometimes we focus a bit on the us being not so close in proximity, but not realizing that we still have the spirit of yeah. this com- connection and community. And I agree with you 100%. I mean, I I grew up, one of my uncles, one of my favorite uncles uh, was gay and brought us into the gay scene, right? And, and it allowed me as a young person to identify with everyone that was like, I'm like, you like me, what's up? It <laughs> like there was really yeah. no separation. And so I love that this campaign is really honing in on that because it was it was not just inspiring. It was really affirming for me of my childhood. Right. Because um, to see someone walking through the streets and getting all of this kind of, you know, speculative energy and people having something to say. And then the next thing you know, they're going home to a family dinner. And it was just like. Wow. Uh, you know, once the campaign got out, it just got launched, what, last week, right? Yeah, last Friday. So, t- yeah, tell us now, a week has gone in. Tell us some of that amazing response y'all are getting after launching this campaign. Yeah, the response itself has been amazing. I mean, we, we've, a couple of our staff members have gone to different events since then. And, you know, we got real life and person response of just how powerful that story was and, you know, how those things that, that are named in the story, like, needed to become, you know, into light. And uh, it's, it's, it's some, it's some, 
things and some practices that we've had in black community for a long time. And now we're just getting to talk about it. And I think what's powerful about it too, is it, it a, it names, you know, the harms that exist within black community right now and naming that transphobia exists, naming that patriarchy exists and how that impacts our loved ones and communities. Right. And then it also gives solutions to how we can come and resolve that and come back together as a family um, and, and heal and, and come from this place of love and, and just genuine, genuine authenticity again. Yeah. I mean, it is beyond necessary. And I just really want to give a huge shout out to Lavender Rice Project, to you for understanding that this was a great story, a great time to tell this story right now. Um, You know, we've dealt with cancel culture. You know, if somebody is, is, showing up and it seems as though maybe there's some phobias, no matter what it is, like, how do we address that in a way that doesn't then exclude them from ever being a part of this entire collective? I think that there's so many things that we are learning now as we expand what, you know, non-binary and, uh, you know, non-gender conforming identities, like, now we're learning so much yeah. about it, right? And and it's in a time where there's a lot of folks who are like, I've never been exposed to this my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm just now kind of trying to understand how to utilize the right pronouns and how to show up because I don't want to offend. But I think there was a time where there was like, oh my gosh, if you don't get this right, you get X'd out. And I think that, that what your campaign showed me is that that's not the way that we want to move. We want to move with a collective mindset of just loving on each other and really remembering that spirit. And so I just thank you for that. Uh, You know, of course, we don't have the campaign here, but I want to make sure that I give you time because there's people out there that may want to connect with Lavender Rice Project, want to see this amazing campaign. Uh, I'm just so impressed by your creative ideas and how they showed up. Congratulations. You can look right there in that camera. Let folks know how they stay plugged in. Absolutely. Well, you can follow us on Instagram at Lavender Rice Project. And then we also have a webpage, labrights.org. Uh, and then you can watch the uh, PSA specifically on YouTube. Type in We Are Family 2, a love letter to Black community. And visit uh, yourtransfamily.org to learn more on our webpage. Oh, amazing. Kyra, thank you so much for being here. And I just want to say this. You know, a lot of my audience knows I say it, but it's so true. This show, The Day with Trey, is a part of community. It is born and bred of community. I'm born and bred of community. Just know anytime Lavender Rights Project has anything y'all want to share, please keep coming back. Let's continue to build, Kyra. This was phenomenal. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Absolutely. This is definitely not a goodbye, just a hello, and I'll see you later. And I'm really excited to explore um, this relationship with y'all. And thanks for having me here. It's been a wonderful time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something to be said, y'all, when you're in space with genuine folks who just show up as themselves, authentic, you know, understanding exactly who they are and being able to share that with you. And this was really such a great example of that for me today. So it's giving me all of the vibes and all of the t- uh, and warm and fuzzies, as my bestie would say. But I want y'all to, to listen out as I actually recap all of this amazingness right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. I learned about the ONU program through many different community organizations. The program, um, they're very good at making sure that you meet the right people, 
My favorite part would have to be the community building um, and also the volunteer opportunities as well. I've been working on my physical health a lot more. I've been intentional about that and they're very big on that. I'm still learning how transformational it is um, because there's just so much opportunity. It's a great program and they will support you. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Hello, it's Marcus Trufant here, and for the month of October, Burgermaster and the Trufant Family Foundation are coming together. The Trufant Jalapeno Burger is great, it's going down, and a portion of each burger sold is going right back to the community. Ah. Go Hawks! <laughs> Let's make it happen. Town is the Tony and Grammy Award winning best musical. It's an epic celebration of music, togetherness, and hope. A Broadway musical like no other. This is as good as it gets. Hades Town. Playing the Paramount Theater October 31st to November 5th. Tickets at stgpresents.org. Welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. First off, for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Hades Town fan, so I'm so excited that it it was already here last season. It was one of the musicals that Broadway across America brought back in the second in the next season, and they did it back to back, which is so unheard of. So shout out to everyone who is going to be in that show. I'm excited that it's going to be here. I'll be there. But uh, so y'all heard me talking about that really during the break. Uh, while y'all didn't hear it, they did here in the studio. But I just am so grateful. It's such a great start to my Friday, my weekend, to be able to dive in deep today with. Kyra Gaines sharing their experience of organizing and advocacy and then bringing all of that into the Lavender Rides Project with their creative ideas and understanding of how to shape our stories so that it's not just a trans story. It is for all of us. I encourage y'all go check out this amazing PSA. We are family too. You can find it on YouTube. Go to the Lavender Rides Project website. Tap into the work they're doing. You know I was inspired by what Kyra shared today. And ultimately, this platform is a space for you to not only get your daily dose of dopeness, but to be connected to the great works that are happening in community and also get your dose of inspiration. Like that's really what I love being able to do for all of you. As you go into your weekends, be thinking about the ways that you can see yourself as a part of the solution as Kyra has. And for me, y'all, until Monday at 11 a.m., Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.